Our Father, we come before you with souls that are, are rejoicing because your Son has saved our souls. And we are your people, O oh God, and we are grateful that you have paid our sin debt. And Lord, we come before your word with anticipation. We want to know more about you. We want to know more about the Savior. And we want to know more about our role. So Lord, teach us this morning by your Spirit. Teach us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This year, our church put on a passion play. And as we were in the planning stages of that, trying to figure out who was going to do what in the passion play, we had to figure out what member could fill the roles best that were a part of putting together a production. There are some people that just don't want to be in front of people. I married one of those. But put her planning and organizing things, and, and we're going to be in good shape. There are people that, uh, that are very good communicators. We even have church members that are good at arguing with other people. So we put them in that role. When you can argue with your son in front of everybody, I mean, this is great, right? The joys of motherhood. We had people that, that built things out. People that organized all every little prop we needed. There were so many important roles in what put on... They came together to put together one production. And the beautiful thing about it was that we as a church came together for one production with many different parts. Because people knew their role. And they did what they were asked to do. And they did it with all their heart. This morning, Allison has already talked to the ladies a bit about... Mary, the mother of Jesus. About how Mary had been assigned a role by God. That it was one that she didn't choose, but a role that chose her by the hand of God. And she willingly received that role and was willing to do what God had chosen for her to do. And, and even with the perfect child, literally, the perfect child. Her heart was pierced and broken. Luke chapter 2, chapter two Simeon's uh, prophecy and, and rejoicing and seeing, uh, said this to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, or and for opposition. And a sword will pierce through your own soul, so that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Even with the perfect son, this mother was pierced. So mothers, this morning I will um, will somewhat focus around you. Ladies, I will I'll hope to uh, give all ladies something and, and the rest of us something to uh, to go by this morning, and I think everybody can pull from, 
from what I'd like to share this morning. But I would like to continue on that assignment of a role and the willingness to fulfill that role that has been given to you. And to do that, if you have your Bible, uh, I invite you to open up to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to begin at the beginning because there's some foundational work that we need to do. And then we're going to walk through the Bible in many areas of what God has done as a big picture. What is the production, if you will? In the church, it was the passion play. In this, it is a much larger passion play. But what is your role in that? And how do you embrace that role that's assigned to you? Because in reality, you have many things assigned to you that you have no choice over. I'm a man. I did not choose to be a man. God saw that as my role. I'm a pastor in this church. God assigned me that role. I was just obedient, right, Brother Stephen? <laughs> I was just obedient to that calling of God. I'm in Plaquemine, Louisiana this morning because God assigned for me to be here. There are so many things. I'm in the 21st century because God assigned that. With that thought in mind, let's look back in Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to begin with a few, uh, walking through uh, a few thoughts for us today. The first thought is this. Family was instituted by God. In other words, the family was something that God created and God made and assigned to humanity. Family was assigned by God to humanity. Genesis 3.18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be what? Y'all help me out this morning. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make what? A helper fit for him. Now, in our culture, in our day and age, this verse is, um, it's despised, just to be honest. It is despised that God has created roles and assigned roles to certain individuals. And it's, it's thought of as demeaning or mean. Well, you can take that up with the Lord if you like. But what the Bible says is what God made, He made good. And if you believe the Bible, you believe that what God made when he made male or email and female, as we learned in our uh, Sunday school hour this morning from our children. God made male and he made female and he made them good and he made them different and he made them different for a reason because he instituted that. But look a little bit further too. God made male and female and he made female here as a helper. And there's something in that that we need to see is you don't need a helper if there's not work to do. So God made this family unit of male and female, and he made them and geared them up to do something. Now, this is important in our culture. We need to understand God did not make the family just to make you happy or to give us something to write country songs about. God made family for a reason. And look, in the, even in the first book of the Bible, Genesis 2.15, the Lord God made man, took him, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it. In a perfect world before the fall, God made man. He made woman. He put them together as a family to do work. They were part of a much larger production. He presented all of the animals before Adam. He presented so many things before God with a purpose and a plan in mind. God ordained it. 
Now, uh, go back just a bit, if you will, in Genesis. Flip back a page, probably, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. We're establishing here some principles that are going to be helpful for us later. Not only was family instituted by God, but it, it had a purpose. It had a purpose. Family had a purpose. So, mothers, if you're here this morning... You have been given a role of mother in your family. Your mother, and everybody has a mother. Your mother was given a role. And it had a purpose. Look at Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens. And over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now notice that he said, let us make man, or mankind. It's the, the plural form here. And let them have dominion. It is a unit at this point. The family is a unit together. It is male and female. It, the idea is that God is creating the one flesh here. To have dominion and to rule over things. That the purpose that God has given to family is not just to sit back and entertain themselves, but it is much greater and much more value that God has given them to have dominion, to work, and dominion, the root word. Can you think of a word that sounds like dominion? Dominate. Yeah, that's it. God wanted the family to dominate this world. And so family, I ask you, God has created within mind something for your family to do, to be proactive and active in doing things. Look at verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, help me out, church. What did God say to them? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. God created family. And with that, God's... One of God's primary intentions of family, and not every family, God may choose something different for your family, but here we see that, that He wants families to be fruitful and multiply, and to fill the earth, and to subdue it, to have dominion over it. So mothers, part of your role in your family is to be part of that family that does something, that's active, that has goals to have dominion over things. And not just to let life pass you by, but to accomplish things in a great way for the kingdom of God. He wants them to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. The family was commanded to grow. There may be some ladies in here who are not mothers or not mothers yet. It is not only in having children, but that is a big a part of it. The family is commanded to grow. There are ways that ladies who are not mothers can have dominion even in their scope of influence in this church. And in, at school rooms where you may be a teacher or, or many ways. But God has given a command to have dominion and to grow and mothers especially for you. In your family, whether they're grown children or not, you have influence to point people to have dominion over things in Jesus' name. And, and I, I say that in the fact that we are, we are taught to go and, 
and spread God's kingdom, God's peace, God's rule in Jesus Christ and the message that Jesus saves sinners that repent. But let me dial back in here. But the problem was that sin came. And mothers, you can think about this. Cain and Abel came. And we remember that. And that tragic story, can you imagine one of your son's lives being taken away by another one of your sons? You think about, and and many mothers have lost children. and And it's very tough, I know. I don't know in that way you know. But I know that it's tough. Think about if your other son was responsible for it on purpose. And, and Eve went through this. But let me give you, give you something to mothers who are grieving this morning. Mothers, you may be sad. It's Mother's Day and you miss your child. Don't forget the story of Seth. Don't forget the story of Seth. God gave Eve and Adam another child, and his name was Seth. And and I wonder if anybody knows what that name means. Does anybody know what the name Seth means? Significant here. The name Seth means appointed. Appointed. So let me share with you what I believe is going on here. And let me read to you from Genesis chapter 4. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called him appointed. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. Sin had plagued even the first family on earth. Problems arose. But God say that again. Sin invaded the first family but God who is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. God made us alive. That's Ephesians 2, 8. You know it? But God appointed Seth. And, and did you know that from Seth that God appointed to come through Eve Did you know there was another one that would come from Seth who was appointed? I wonder if anybody knows his name. There was one named Jesus who came to resolve and to pay for the debt of sin that invades every family. Now this is a little bit, a little picture of the grand story, the grand play that's going on that God is orchestrating. While sin and while Cain did such an an evil deed and while sin invaded this family, there was appointed for them one to come that would lead to salvation. And so I want to share with you mothers and all alike this morning, if sin has invaded your family, there is one appointed. And his name is Jesus. And he can save your family from the sin that has wrecked it. And may I share it this way. Sin may have wrecked your family already. But, but I want to share with you as, as faithfully as I can. Sin will continue to wreck your family and will wreck you for all eternity. If you are outside of the Son, Jesus Christ. The appointed one, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus came to the earth and he, he came and he, he called people. He called sinners to repentance. He didn't call perfect people. He called sinners. And he said, come, follow me. And Jesus said, repent and believe the good news that I am the Son of God. And I give you that message today. Jesus still receives sinners. He's still the appointed one. And Jesus can save you from certain doom for all eternity. God has appointed that sinners that do not repent, the sinners that do not come into the love of God, that do not treasure Jesus, for them to be judged for all their sin, for all eternity in a place called hell. But God has also appointed for a Savior to save all of those who will receive the message that Jesus saves sinners that repent. So today is not the end, but can be the beginning for all of those who will come to Jesus. God appointed a Savior. Family has a purpose, and and. And I believe, as the church teaches, that, that the, the place for family is to present this message that salvation can come. And salvation will come to all who believe, who believe enough to, to leave their former lifestyle and come under the rule of Jesus Christ. And that means whatever Jesus says, I do. And like Jesus prayed in the garden, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. It's not just believing God exists. It's believing that Jesus is your, is your Savior and is your Lord and being willing to come under His commands. Point number three is uh, family is, is bigger than you. So we said family was instituted by God. Family has a purpose. But, but I want to remind you that family is bigger than you. Let me, let me uh, illustrate that like this. Um, Y'all know that they're going to be working on this Bridge, intercoastal bridge here pretty soon, don't you? If you're from Alexandria, you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's going to be a nightmare. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. They're going to close that bridge that's already terrible on traffic. It's going to be bad in it. Now imagine. It's going to take more than two or three or five or a hundred people to get that work done. It's going to take a whole lot of folks. But imagine. Imagine one construction worker says, uh, you know, this bridge thing, I don't, I don't really like the way they're using that crane. I think we need to decorate the crane. Let's, 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 let's paint the cranes purple and gold. We got two cranes. Let's start painting them purple and gold. And then he says, you know, that's nice that they're painted this way. I think I'm I know that I'm a, a guy that does concrete, but I, I, I think cranes are neat. I'd like to go drive the crane. So he goes and he starts driving the crane. Now imagine what would happen very quickly if someone who was a concrete worker, a laborer, decided to go start painting the cranes and operating the cranes. What would happen? Yeah, yeah y'all know what would happen. There'd be some, some trouble. You see, that, that job is not about what one guy wants. There's a big project that's got certain phases and cost codes and, and, and things that have to be accomplished by certain people at certain times and in a certain order for that, those bridges to be, to be fixed and, and, 
expanding. It's not about that one guy, is it? So let me turn you, you back and say, look, Mother's Day is a very special day that we honor mothers. However, the temptation for mothers on Mother's Day, fathers on Father's Day, or for you on your birthday, or whatever it may be, is for us to think, well, look, I'm really important. I'm glad they made a day for me. I mean, April 22nd, it's Earth Day, but it's my birthday. Our culture, and that, that may be silly sounding, but our culture, even the Christian subculture, books and songs and things you hear on the radio and in popular teaching, a lot of it's heading that way, y'all. God wants you to be happy. God has a plan for your life. It's about you. God's here to direct things around well, me, of course. Family is bigger than you. Family is bigger than your family. And sometimes the temptation is, well, my boy's got baseball, or my daughter loves this sort of stuff, and or my, my mom wants to do this, or your dad, he loves to hunt. And things begin to revolve around our family. But I want to share with you that, that family is bigger than your family. In fact, you need, everybody needs to kind of look around the room and realize that this is a family. And it's bigger than just you and the people who live in your house. Let me give you an example in the scripture of, of what I'm talking about. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12, y'all know this? We're still in Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, go away from your country and your family, kindred, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make a great nation of you, a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will dishonor those who dishonor you. I will curse. And in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham, a guy doing well. Lots of family. Lots of stuff. God said, get up, go. I've got another plan. And it's bigger than you. And, and let me go back to that appointed thing. Abraham was appointed for a bigger part in the play, if you will. He was destined to begin a new nation. A nation that would later be called what? Israel. Might have heard of them. God's plan and appointing for Abraham was quite different. And it was much bigger. And he said, leave. Leave your people. And go to a new place that I'm going to show you. Interestingly enough here, God would again appoint one man, so that he could appoint another man later from his offspring to bless the world. Psalm 127 says this. Listen to this entire psalm, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, or those who build it, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. 
It is in vain that you rise up early and go to bed late, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, or a gift from the Lord, an inheritance from the Lord. The fruit of the womb are a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Prepared for a purpose. You don't just make arrows to sit in a quiver. You make arrows to launch from a bow. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Some of us believe that more than others at times, it seems. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. God builds the house. And God gives you the arrows that he appoints for you to have. Families, you may have zero children. And that may be what God has appointed you to have. Receive that. Receive that as God's appointed. You do what you can. You follow the, the uh, appropriate paths that you desire. But if God so chooses that and you receive that at God's hand, receive that with joy. You may have children. You may have one child. You may have lots of children. Whatever it may be, you understand this. Zero to a many. God builds the house. God establishes and appoints children for you to have. And, and mom, speaking to you this morning, your job is to prepare that arrow that God has given you to be launched into the world for his own purpose. Remember, your family is bigger than you. And your role in the grand play, mom, is not to make your children be who you want them to be. Can I say that? Mom, your job is not to make your children who you want them to be. It is to foster them and nurture them to be the arrows that God has appointed them to be. And we encourage and we, we direct and we, we put people in opportunities to allow them to succeed in the way that God has appointed for them to succeed. But it will cost you something. And, and let me show you. Are y'all still with me? Are y'all still with me? Your role is to take those arrows in the quiver and prepare to launch them into the world as God has appointed them to be used. And it will cost you something. And look back at Abraham at Genesis 12 verse 4. And so Abraham went as the Lord told him and went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed. Abraham took his wife Sarah, Lot, his brother's son, and all the possessions they had gathered and the people they had acquired. And they set out. They had to leave. They had to get out. It costs them something. And I want to share with you, being a part of God's bigger family will cost you something. But it is an investment into the kingdom of God. And that is what we as Christians believe is a more true kingdom than what we can touch and feel here on earth. God's kingdom, in fact, is forever, the scripture says. 
It will endure 10,000 years from now. God's kingdom will be reigning. And this stand and this podium and this room will be dust off. God's kingdom will remain. So take your family, take the gifts of your family and understand that it is bigger than you. That acquiring a kingdom in your house is not the goal, God's given goal for your life. It is that we are preparing a bigger kingdom for eternity. God has called you as a mom, as a dad, as a brother and a sister to raise up godly arrows that can be launched into this world. Family is bigger than your family. Don't miss it. And moms, I know you were encouraged by Allison this morning. Be faithful to what God has appointed for you to do. Be faithful. Now, with all that said, let me turn the corner here and say this. Family is bigger than your family. And what I mean by that is this. Jesus, when, when his disciples asked Jesus to pray, y'all remember what he said? What was, the, what was the first thing that Jesus said in the prayer when they said, Lord, teach us to pray? He said, when you pray, pray like this. What? Our Father. Everybody in the room who's read their Bible or been around church has heard the, the Our Father, the Catholic Church calls it, the Lord's Prayer, others. Our Father. Now, Think about the implications. Jesus just told a group of men to pray to whom again? Who was it? Our Father. Jesus wanted this group of men to understand that they were his family. And that the Father was not just the Father, He was our Father. Family is bigger than the people you live with and the people in that tree. In your Ancestry.com. Your family is the church. Think of the New Testament. How does Paul address the churches when he's writing to them? What does he call, what does he call them? He calls them what? Brothers, brothers and sisters, I plead to you for my sisters, Eutyche and Cynthia. Brothers, sisters, familial words. Your family is bigger than the people that you work, that you live with. John chapter 10, Jesus said it this way, we are his flock. He said, but you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. God instituted the flock. My father who has, hear this now. My father who has what? Given them to me. It is instituted by God, just like in the garden when the Lord ordained and appointed Adam and Eve and their family. Jesus comes and begins the new family of God. 
God has given them to Jesus, given the church to him. It is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. You ain't getting my people. Let me say the same thing. The church family is appointed. Let me say the same thing that I said earlier about your family has a purpose. The church family, your bigger family, has a purpose. What is that purpose? The initial family, we said the purpose that God gave was dominion. To have dominion over the things around them. What is the purpose of the church? Well, in many ways, to have dominion. To present the truth that Jesus has given to us in the space of overwhelming lies. What, did, what does the scripture say in John chapter 1? The light shined in the darkness and the darkness has what? It has not overcome it. There's dominion when light and when truth is spoken. Church, it is our job to herald the truth. It is also our job to do a lot of other things. Look in Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 13. What is our, our church family, ladies, we need, I don't know how to say it, we need church moms. People who take the same role that, that women have done in their families for years and years and years and have been faithful to do, to love and nurture and care, to, to guide, to help, to serve, to teach. So many valuable roles in the church that need to happen. And we need faithful women to handle those things. To love people. To say the things that are hard sometimes. Look, look at Romans 12 verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. Are you doing that in your greater church family? Are you contributing to the needs of people? Are you showing hospitality? Are you praying for people? Are you rejoicing with people? Are you showing brotherly, sisterly love to people? Are we showing honor to people in the church? Are we making sacrifices? These are things that families do. Look in 1 Peter 1, chapter 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Oh, man, I, I could preach a sermon on that. I won't. Having purified your souls by obedience to the true salvation. For a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Ladies, I would imagine, moms, you love your children sincerely. If you are fulfilling God's appointed role for motherhood, you are loving your children sincerely. It happens in the church too. 
I have many ladies in this church who love me sincerely and I'm deep, deeply moved and grateful for that. Our church needs love, care, nurture, support. The God-given roles of family, they happen here. The motivation, why do I want to invest into people around me that I barely know? Let me give it to you. Verse 23 says it. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, the, the moral seed, the seed that doesn't die, you've been born of through the living and abiding word of God. Maybe this is confusing to you and you're like, what is all this about? It's about this. When God transforms your soul, and you believe and you are born again. Born again into a new way of thinking, into a living hope, as he says. Into a new way of life. Your desires so change that it, the world doesn't revolve around you anymore, but it revolves around Jesus. And about communicating the gospel message. And communicating the message of the church. That's what we do. Why do we do a passion play as a church? So that people see that Jesus died. So that, that Jesus rose again. And that Jesus comes to give new life to people that need life. Rather than eternal death, eternal life. That's what the church does. Look, we're going to do it again this fall. We're going to present the gospel message as a church to this community. Because that's what the church does. And we need people in the family to say, I will do my role. I'll, do, I'll be a part. I'm going to do it. Weekly, we come together as a church to have classes. We were with the children this morning, delightfully. Our children heard the parable of the sower 18 times this morning. And if your kids were in there, it's going to be on our Facebook church page right after church. Y'all can go check it out. It wasn't just my kids in the room. It was your, yours. It was your grandchildren in that room. Because the church does what the church does. And we celebrate family today, but, but family is bigger than you and your family. And so I ask, are you giving your best to the kingdom family? Are you nurturing the kingdom family? Men. Here, listen up, you may have tuned out, it's Mother's Day. Men, are you giving, are you fulfilling the role that God has given men to do in the kingdom family? Ladies, are you doing the God-appointed role? You know what God has given you to do. It's in His Word. Are you doing what God has called you to do in your family and in your kingdom family? Let me, um, let me share one other passage of scripture with you, if I may. Ephesians chapter 3. I read it this morning to start. Ephesians chapter 3. 
For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. There are no families outside of the scope of a God-ordained family. You may come from a broken family, you may come from a together nuclear family, it doesn't matter. This specifically speaking of different, even different nations and families of people. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. God wants to strengthen you, Christian. He wants to strengthen you so you can stand on the beach and pose for everybody. Stephen's listening. Hannah's got it down. No. No. God wants to strengthen you because you have a role to do in the family of God. We're not here to pose. We're here to work. And I hope we see that that's been established in, in how God has created family. God has created things. God wants us to work together to get the truth out there. To do it in a loving and an appropriate manner. This church needs to strengthen and to work. And we need godly women and we need godly men together to be strengthened in our inner being. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And that us being rooted and grounded in love we might understand who God is and be able to share that. That's the purpose. So moms, enjoy your day. Enjoy it. We honor you. But please do not think that you are not strengthened by God and given a role in your family and in your church family and in the kingdom family to do greater work that's bigger than you. Now I'll close out with verse 20 from Ephesians chapter 3. Hear this. Let me, let me like, close it with this. Ladies, there is a lot of burden on you, I know. There's a lot of weight on many of your shoulders. I don't even convey that I can comprehend that. A woman's work is never done. Uh, there, there are lots of things. May I give you a word of hope right now? It's not my word, but it, it's the principle we find in the scripture. It is often overwhelming to be a mom, especially when you have little ones calling at you for 18 hours a day. Or maybe you have big ones doing big sins in big ways that are going to have long consequences. Maybe you're somewhere in between. God has given you a role. And your role is not to worry and fret and be frustrated. Your job is to depend upon Him. 
walk by faith day by day and be faithful to what God has called you to do. Because He is the one who is working in you. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think, according to the power, God's power, at work within us. Do you see it there in verse 20? Do you see it? Mom and Sharp, not your job to save the world. It's not your job to save your kids. It's not your job to save your husband. Or lack thereof. It is your job to allow God to do what He's assigned you to do. To be faithful and obedient to what He's called you to do. And verse 21, for Him to receive the glory in the church and for Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Rest in what God has called you to do. Be faithful to do it and trust that God's strength and God's power is able to accomplish His appointed purposes in you. I think Allison read it to you, but Ephesians 2, verse 10. It's not up there, Craig, but you can find it. You can throw it up there if you like. God has created works for you to do. Walk in them. Walk in the works that God has appointed for you to do. Ladies, that's my encouragement for you to do today. Don't fret about how you're not as smart or as pretty or as fancy or as educated or as fill in the blank as somebody else. You are God's workmanship. You're not as young, you're not as thin, you're not as large, whatever. You are God's workmanship. That's what you are. You are created in Christ Jesus for good works. God has prepared those works for you. So go walk in them. And walk in them with a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Letting your family and your church family, and your greater kingdom family. God has appointed for you a role. Embrace that role. Live it. And may God do great things through you. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for moms. The sacrifices daily that moms make. God, we ask for you to use moms to do what you have appointed for them to do. To embrace and to love the calling of motherhood. And Lord, let this church support moms and help them and encourage them and pray for them. And Lord, may you grow church moms who love and help and nourish and pray for people in this church. And Lord, may you raise up people willing to do the fantastic role that you have created. And to be faithful doing it. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.